Bienvenue, Monsieur le Ministre. Welcome to Toronto, that place where while we complain about many things, we never complain that the NHL season is too long. <laughs> it seems, Minister, as though you were just with, with us. Last November, you spoke to this club about not just Canada's economic leadership in the world, leadership rather, in the world economic crisis, but about making difficult choices needed to balance budgets over short-term political gratification. Well, as those self-help gurus are fond of saying, you didn't just walk the walk, walk, talk the talk, but today you have walked the walk. This audience knows your CV as extensive as it is impressive. We know well the many contributions that you and your wife, Christine Elliott, have made to public life in and out of elected office in Ontario, Canada, and indeed around the world. Mais peut-être uniquement exceptionnel était votre gestion ferme, déterminée et confiante de l'économie canadienne. But perhaps uniquely exceptional has been your steady, determined, and confident management of the Canadian economy. Together with the Prime Minister, the results of your experienced hands on the tiller are reflected not only across the country, but abroad as well. Canada has never been so well regarded in international fiscal and monetary circles than we are today, a direct result of your leadership. Yesterday, in your seventh federal budget, you achieved what many commentators thought impossible, a road to fiscal balance by 2015, powered by a combination of moderate spending reductions and programs to stimulate economic growth. A few highlights. Deux changements majeurs visant à stimuler la croissance soutenue de notre économie se rapportent à l'innovation et notre secteur des ressources naturelles. Innovation will be stimulated by venture capital fund providing direct grants for, to business for research and development. Tom Jenkins, the author of the port, report to your federal government on innovation, praised the budget by saying, I'm quite pleased by the response of this government. It's very encouraging. The environmental review process on major energy projects will be limited to two years through a single window. This has the potential to unlock hundreds of billions of dollars in investment while still protecting the environment. Ces initiatives stimulate la croissance des emplois à temps plein. At the same time, you've invested in the most vulnerable in our society with significant resources for improvement of First Nation education. The budget proposes changes to the Registered Disability Savings Plan, a plan, of course, which the Minister is the father, to make it more flexible and easier to use. The budget, of course, contained many, many more measures. Today, here at lunch, we look forward to the context you will provide for the decisions you made and that we read about in the newspapers this morning. Monsieur le Ministre, vous avez la parole. Minister Flaherty, the Canadian Club podium, Canada's podium of record, is yours. Well, thank you, Jamie, for the uh, for the kind remarks. It only cost me a pair of uh, 
2012 penny cufflinks to get Jamie to say nice things about me this morning. I, uh, I, you know, I talked about the budget a lot yesterday and did the budget in, uh, in Ottawa for the, for the uh, seventh time. Actually, Michael Wilson is concerned that I did two budgets last year, so I could say I did eight budgets, which would be one more than he ever did, but really it's just the, the, uh, the seventh time. So I thought I'd go back and talk about the budget again today, and then I thought, well, that'll be boring, so I won't do that. So instead, I thought I'd talk to you about justice issues. The last speech I gave as the Attorney General of, um, of Ontario at Kingston Penitentiary. And I, I, I do apologize to those of you hearing it for the second time. <laughs> so I, I, uh, it is a pleasure to be here. Bonjour, c'est un grand plaisir d'être ici à Toronto. Je, je veux dire quelques mots au sujet de, de notre budget uh, national, le budget du, du Canada. Uh, I am pleased to be here today. I last was here at the Canadian Club in Toronto in, in, uh, in November, at which time I, I announced the launch of our public consultations with respect to uh, this budget. And we proceeded with the consultations all across the country. I raised issue, I asked questions. Above all, I listened all across this great country um, that we have. And, and Canadians, when asked, are, are quick to have, um, have opinions. We got a lot of views and, and information uh, from Canadians uh, across the country. We do have one of the strongest um, fiscal records among advanced economies. So we start from a good place in the, in the federal government of, of Canada. We are one of only two G7 countries to have recouped all of the jobs that we lost during the Great Recession of 2008-2009. In fact, since July 2009, our economy has created more than 610,000 net new jobs. And other people say nice things about our country, and that's great to hear. The World Economic Forum says our banks are the best in the world, the soundest in the world. Forbes magazine says this country, our country, Canada, is the best country in the world in which to do business. Our net debt to GDP ratio remains the lowest in the G7 by far. It has gone up since the economic action plan, but I can assure you on the fiscal track we're on, it will be back down to where it was before the economic action plan in the medium term. And the OECD and the IMF predict our economy will be among the leaders of the industrialized world over the next two years. So that's where we, where we start from uh, federally in, in Canada. And then we have to look at where we're going to go. The key here, and, and I, I want to give you an idea of the crafting of the budget. The key here is jobs, growth, and long-term prosperity for Canada. We are a majority government. So we are able to look, as Sir John A. Macdonald urged his cabinet colleagues 100 years ago and more to do, to look a little bit down the road, look ahead, which is what we're trying to do, particularly in our majority government budget yesterday. So this budget, which is 498 pages, I urge you, if you suffer from insomnia, to read it over the, over the weekend. This budget sets out where we are going in the longer term as the, as the government of, of Canada. It is, uh, lest we forget, let me go back for a moment. We became the government in 2006. In 2006, 2007, 
2008. We had balanced budgets, we ran surpluses, we used the surpluses to pay down the public debt. We paid down $37 billion of public debt in Canada in those three years. And then the crisis came from outside of our country to our shores, and we were faced with that crisis. But we were in a position, we Canadians were in a position to respond to the crisis, which we did with the Economic Action Plan, with a very large stimulus program for our country. Why did we do it? We did it because we listened. I remember well in December 2008, being in Saskatoon and listening to a group of small and, and medium-sized and some larger business people telling me how bad things were in the real economy. And this was before the economists told us we were in recession. Uh, nothing against economists, by the way, but it's generally looking in the mirror. It's not looking forward. And I, I remember speaking to the Prime Minister that evening and from, from Saskatchewan and saying to him, you know, this is, this is even more serious than we think, and we're going to have to uh, run a bigger deficit than, than we had anticipated we would have to do, which we did then in January 2009. We ran a huge deficit, more than $50 billion in that one, in that one year. Why did we do it? We did it because we were afraid that we would have double-digit unemployment in Canada that we would have millions of Canadians out of work. And we wanted to do everything we could as the Government of Canada to, to avoid that. We also wanted to ensure, or try to ensure, that we did not go into a prolonged recession in this country. And we did not and in, in the event. We had a recession that lasted, that lasted three quarters. So that's where we're coming from as, as, we, as we develop the Economic Action Plan. And in the plan, we always built in that we would run deficits Large deficit in 2009-10, significant deficit in 10-11, deficit in 11-12, but then we would move back to balanced budgets. And every year the deficit would go down, so we would get back to where we were before the Great Recession of 2008-2009. I'm pleased to tell you that we are on track to accomplish that goal. This is an important goal for, for our country because as we plan ahead, as many countries have learned, Greece and others, if we do not have our fiscal house in order, if we do not have balanced budgets, if we do not run surpluses, then when the next crisis comes, which in, it inevitably will, we will not be in a position to react as we were in a position of strength in 2008-2009. Um, so, as I say, we're maintaining our fiscal track. We had to reduce the, the, uh, some of the government expenditures. Uh, the reductions, in my view, are, are moderate, they're modest. I looked at the, the hard work the uh, Cabinet Committee did on the, on the subject of reductions. There will be some job losses in, in the federal public service. There will be the uh, discontinuance of some uh, federal government initiatives, but there should be. Most of you run organizations, you run programs and initiatives, and you know that not every program is designed to last forever. It's just in government, it's a bit different. When we start a program, they never end. So it's important that we look once in a while at what we're doing and say, is this program one that is accomplishing the goal for which it was created? And we've done that. As I say, the spending reductions of the Government of Canada over the next three years are relatively modest. There will be some job losses after attrition, there will be about, uh, regrettably, but about 12,000 uh, job losses. But this is of a workforce, the largest workforce in Canada, of just under 400 
thousand people. So I say it's relatively modest, it gets our house in order, and it confirms that we will get to a balanced budget in the, in the medium term. So fiscal sustainability is key. If you look at the budget of the Government of Canada, about 25% of the budget goes to the provinces, is transferred um, to the provinces and, and the territories in three ways. One is equalization, the second way is the Canada health transfer, and the third way is the Canada social um, transfer. Now, if you're going to have a long-term, fiscally sustainable plan for our country, we have to have some control over the growth of that large uh, part of federal government spending. How do we do that? Well, we, we spoke with the provinces several years ago now, it's a few years ago, and said to them, equalization will grow, but it will grow at the rate of the uh, growth of the economy, of nominal GDP. And we accomplished that, as I say, a few years ago. In December, when I met with the finance ministers in, in Vancouver, um, I, we told them the federal government position will be, with respect to the Canada health transfer, that it will grow at 6% through, through 2016, and then at the rate of growth of the economy, nominal GDP, but not less than 3% through 2024. You will note in the provincial budgets so far this year, not one province plans to increase their health care spending at the rate of 6%. Ontario says 2.1%, okay. Um, you know, New Brunswick is lower, Alberta is lower. None of them, none of the provinces are increasing their healthcare spending at the rate that the federal government is. The Canada social transfer will continue at 3% through 2024. So that's one large part of the federal budget, those transfer payments. Now another part is transfers to, uh, to individuals. Um, pensioners to uh, persons with disabilities in Canada and we committed not to reduce those just as we committed not to reduce transfers to the provinces and territories. So there are no reductions in those areas. The last area is the program spending itself of the, of the Government of Canada and that is the area that we concentrated on. And we found 70% of the $5.2 billion in savings over three years, we found that within our own enterprise, and that is where the reductions came from that I, that I announced yesterday as a result of spending, spending review. Okay, so we have our fiscal house in order federally. We have a long-term plan. What do we do to create jobs, economic growth, and long-term prosperity in our country? Well, who do we compare ourselves with? Do we compare ourselves with the European countries where which are in recession or where economic growth is flat? Or do we compare ourselves with the emerging strong economies of Asia and South America? I suggest the latter. And that's the, those are the countries with whom we are comparing ourselves looking forward over the course of the, of the next decade. What do we have to do to be competitive in that environment? Well, we have to address certain pillars of the economy. First of all, innovation. We have the benefit of uh, Tom Jenkins' panel uh, that was, uh, we appointed last year and reported uh, a few months ago. We uh, followed the uh, principles of, uh, of Mr. Jenkins' panel uh, yesterday in the budget. We are going to make some changes with respect to the SHRED program. We are creating a large $400 million venture capital pool in, in Canada. We've looked at some of the most successful venture capital uh, initiatives that have been done in some other countries 
in the world, and we intend to pursue those. So we have to have the innovation um, pillar in place. Secondly, we have to have regulatory reform. We have a country with fabulous potential. We have great economic projects that we can undertake, that are being undertaken across our country, from coast to coast to coast. Hydroelectric power in Atlantic Canada, Le Plan Nord de Quebec, the Nords of Quebec, yeah, the Circle of Fire here in Ontario, minerals and oil in, in the prairies, of course, and in Alberta, and in, and in British Columbia, minerals, forestry, incredible opportunities all across our country. And we believe in environmental protection at the same time. But what we've seen is, is some of the processes, quite frankly, get out of control, go on for three, four, five, six years, resulting in some projects becoming uneconomic um, over, over time. So there will be time limits um, with respect to these processes. And our basis will be one project, one review, with a time limit. This is not an infringement in any way on environmental protection. It just means that these matters will have to be dealt with in a more expeditious um, manner as we go forward. This is fundamentally important to jobs, growth, and long-term prosperity for Canada. So that's the second pillar. The third pillar is dealing with, with jobs now because we do have a challenge. Job growth is not, is not strong. We're better than other countries, but it's not strong. So we have initiatives in the budget for seniors, for Aboriginal youth training, for persons with disabilities, for uh, uh, persons whose skills are mismatched to what's available. So these are training programs. Uh, in our society, and dealing with some of the disincentives that we have in the employment insurance scheme for people to work, one of which is a disincentive to take more part-time work. We're going to make sure that people can still receive uh, unemployment insurance benefits while they're, uh, while they're working uh, part-time, and similarly, that, that Aboriginal youth will have more training opportunities through the, uh, the EI program and still be able to, to receive EI. So that's another pillar. A fifth one is the immigration system in our country. We do not have an immigration system that places an emphasis on economic growth. That is, we want to attract people to Canada who can help grow the Canadian economy, who can contribute to the Canadian economy, as generations have over the years in, in Canada. So that's another important aspect, and there'll be more reforms there. And finally, we need to address uh, the trade expansion in Canada, which we are doing. We've signed nine free trade agreements. We have a very large negotiation going on now with the European Union and also a large negotiation with India. The Prime Minister just came back 48 hours ago announcing that we're, we will begin discussions with Japan and with Thailand um, as well. So these are the pillars for jobs, growth, and long-term prosperity. Um, in Canada. We had to deal also with the retirement uh, income system. This is not, and I have to emphasize this, this is not the Canada Pension Plan. The Canada Pension Plan is fine. Thank you very much. It's uh, actuarially uh, solid for the next 75 years, the actuaries tell us, so no one need worry about the Canada Pension Plan. But our largest social program, and this is a social program, is the, uh, the OAS um, program. Now, the reality is this program was brought in at a time when the life expectancy of a male in Canada was 69 years. 
And today, and it's good news for all of us, I'm looking around here, the good, our life expectancy, <laughs> our life expectancy guys, on average, on average, is now 79 years. Women, of course, do better, 83 years. But, but we are living longer and we're living healthier. This is a good thing. We should celebrate this. We should not feel woeful about the fact that we're living longer and healthier lives in, uh, in Canada. So uh, we need to adjust to, uh, to that reality, the reality, of course, of, of a healthier, longer-living population. We need to do this gradually. So what we did, we announced it yesterday, is we will, along with all of the other developed economies, the United Kingdom, Australia, the United States, Germany, France, everybody, we will bump the age from 65, 66 to 67, um, but a long way out, so that no one who's 54 years old or older now need worry about whether or not they would receive um, OAS, and people can plan ahead. Why do this? We do this to make sure that that very important social program will be there for people when they need it. And that's a long way out, but there will be some people who will need that program, no doubt, in Canada, and that is why we are taking the steps now that we are to maintain that, um, that program in the long term. Those are, are those are the pillars. That's what I was talking about yesterday in the budget. As you can see, it is a long-term plan. It is not a short-term plan. Sometimes governments are accused of just looking at tomorrow or next month or next year. We have, in fact, looked at the next decade and beyond the next um, decade. We do have a, have a vision for this country. We do see Canada at the center of the world with a great and, and friendly market to the south, a continent of opportunity, across the Atlantic, a world of growth across the Pacific. We see Canada, whose wealth, while immense, will be measured ultimately in the greater happiness and security of its people. We see Canada for what it is and what it can be, a great, good nation on top of the world, the true north, strong and free. Thank you very much. Minister Flaherty, thank you once again for being with us today. We know that the day after Budget Day is enormously busy, and we appreciate that you believe the Toronto Canadian Club is the group you wish to address on this day. In a world that seems dominated by division and economic turmoil, you have been able to steer Canada on a course which has resulted in economic recovery and growth. Your vigilance on the economy is appreciated by Canadians as we only have to look beyond our borders to see what happens when the economy is not the first priority. Again, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Well, thank you, Irene, and uh, thank you so much, uh, Minister Flaherty. Now, just before we adjourn for lunch, uh, please bear with me while I list a few upcoming events. 
on April 23rd. We're pleased to welcome back to the Canadian Club podium National Chief uh, Sean Attenshut Atlio as he discusses the economics of reconciliation. And on October, on, October, on April 25th, the Canadian Club of Toronto, together with Equal Voice, will once again join forces to spotlight women in politics at the seventh annual Women in Public Life Luncheon when we pay tribute to the leader of the Ontario NDP, Andrea Horvath. And, and I can't say this with a straight face, but I'll try, and on April 30th, direct from the CBC's flagship news program, The National with Peter Mansbridge, the insiders will join our live audience in their inaugural speaking appearance. To order tickets for these or any other Canadian Club event, please visit our website at canadianclub.org. And don't forget that we'll have a podcast of the Minister's speech today, available in a couple of days on iTunes. You just have to visit the event listing on our website and you can download it for free. And while you're online, please check out our Twitter feed. You can now follow us at CDNCLUBTO for all our latest updates. This concludes our television programming, which will be broadcast on Rogers Television in the days to come. We continue to be enormously grateful to both Rogers Television and to 680 News for their promotion of Canadian club events. And now I'd like to ask Minister Flaherty to draw a business card. The lucky winner will receive two tickets to the renowned Shakespeare, Stratford Shakespeare Festival in Stratford, Ontario this season. And the winner is Michael Kitchen, Senior Vice President and Head, North American Payments, BMO Financial Group. You can just stay there. Lynn will bring your, will bring your tickets uh, to you. Well, thank you very much for being with us today, ladies and gentlemen. And now I would ask you to rise as you're able and to join me in a toast to Canada. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, to Canada. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoy your lunch and you have a great weekend.